Hello and welcome to a post-game edition of the Scarl Nation podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Chris Akonis, joined by Bobby Darren as we are at SHI Stadium following a 35-16 loss for the Scarlet Knights as number one Ohio State uh, pulled away in the second half. Rutgers led this game 9-7 heading into the halftime break off of three straight field goals uh, from Jay Patel and then um, Ohio State started to pull away in the third quarter. Rutgers hung around a bit but just ultimately couldn't get back into the game uh, down the stretch in Ohio State, pulling away late for the 35-16 win. And, Bobby, you know, looking at this game for Rutgers, obviously the scoreboard, not what you want uh, if you're the Scarlet Knights, but um, you know the performance is certainly a major improvement over what we've seen from this matchup in the past. Well, in the last nine years, this is the 10th time they've played since joining the Big Ten, and none of them were even close. I mean, you're, you're, you got. I said to you in the third quarter when Rutgers was driving, I said, we, we need to have something ready, an article on this, you know, monumental upset in case it happens. And, of course, two plays later, um, that pick six happened. And, and as we've seen in previous games, it just derailed everything for Rutgers. Um, but they played a really good game against a really good team. Um, no shame in it. But in games like that, Chris, you can't make, these small errors and can't miss opportunities. I think the first one came around when uh, Gavin Wimsett missed Christian Dremel in the first it was the first quarter on that you know pass play. I mean Christian had his guy beaten. Gavin could have underthrew it, but as it was, it wasn't even in the vicinity of Dremel. And you know plays like that you just can't can't afford to miss. And, and that pick six, I mean that was just a killer. And that's the theme of the season, Chris. I mean you take away the pick six at Wisconsin and Michigan, those are different games. And the same thing in Ohio State and that play I mean you know Gavin said after the game it was his fault and you could see you know he he waited a little longer overthrew it a little bit I, it, it wasn't a crisp play you know it, it took a little longer to develop I think it was a great play call uh which just wasn't executed in a great way and um you know in a game like that against an opponent like that with an opportunity like that you need to execute those plays I mean if, if Rutgers goes down and scores it's 9-7 they, they score potentially a touchdown it's 16-7 you have them on the ropes um Kyle McCord was playing you know on a bad ankle so he wasn't having the best day they were pressuring him he couldn't be mobile so um they really had an advantage there and 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 the Ohio State offense just you know at times it just didn't feel like the number one team in the country with that offense I mean credit to Rutgers defense they had something to do with it but um it's a stark contrast to what we've watched before when Rutgers has played Ohio State Chris yeah all good points I think one other thing I would point out is in that first half on those three drives and they were good drives for Rutgers had a couple short fields too with a couple breaks going the Scarlet Knights way um, just not able to find the end zone on those three drives you got three chip shot field goals from uh, Jay Patel and the way the game was going how well Rutgers defense was playing um, not bad play calls at the time by any means to kick the field goal but um, you almost wonder if Rutgers gets a touchdown on one of those drives even does that change how the game down the stretch goes but um, you talk about it Bobby those kind of uh, plays can really shape a game and we saw quite a few of those on display here yeah and you know a lot of people say could have should have would have this is what happened they didn't execute in those positions and I think part of the reason they struggle down in the red zone is this this field gets smaller and these receivers aren't really capable of of making these big plays you saw the two touchdowns Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. had I mean they were just exceptional plays by an elite wide receiver Rutgers really doesn't have that guy I think Ian Strong has the makings of of a really good receiver and you saw that one almost touchdown grab making that type of 
play. But across the board, it's tough to have that. And, and they have good corners at Ohio State, and the field gets clogged. So it's really tough down there. You know, uh, sometimes you think, hey, just just run the ball all the time and see, see what you can get. But I, I don't blame Greg for um, not kicking the field goals in those situations. I thought it was the, the good move at the time. And, you know, if they don't turn the ball over um, driving in the second half, who knows what happens. But, you know, if it's such a small word with huge implications and, and um, that's what happened and they, they just weren't good enough. And I, I think the passing game, I mean, and you talk about the offense. Let's not forget the first three series, Chris, was three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, not one completion on those series. So your defense is, is you know, sticking their, their, their heels in the ground and really playing well against a good Ohio State team. They did give up a touchdown, but, you know, three, three and outs usually signals something going wrong, but they, 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 they stayed in the game, and I thought at times when it looked like it was going to get away, when it was 21-9, came back, scored a touchdown. Even when it was 28-16, came back, didn't get in the end zone, but got within, I think, in the 5 or 10-yard line um, there on, on fourth down and, and um, you know, showed some resilience. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on that um, progress, looking at the yardage uh, differentials, Rutgers actually outgaining um, the Buckeyes, uh, 361 to 328. Uh, Scarlet Knights also uh, outdid Ohio State in the uh, run game, 232 yards on the ground to Ohio State's 139. Um, and in the run game, you know, Gavin Wimsett had some nice runs. Uh, Sam Brown um, helped out a little bit in the early going when Rutgers wasn't getting much going in the run game. Um, but it really was the Kyle Manungai show on the ground. A 24 carries for 159 yards. Didn't find the end zone, um, but that was a big part of the reason why Rutgers was able to stay in this game was that Kyle Manungai was you know, really performing at, at the level that we've seen him play a lot. Uh, and, and it was the first time this year we've seen him play like that against a, a team of Ohio State's caliber. And it was it has to be really encouraging to see that if you're a Rutgers fan. Yeah, he's just he's been phenomenal this year. 903 rushing yards, going to probably be the first one to get over that 1,000-yard mark since Juwan Jamison. That's 2012, Chris. That's, that's over a decade without a 1,000-yard rusher. So it tells you what's been going on at Rutgers. They have some decent backs over the years, but you know never had uh, a consistent run game where a guy can get to that. A thousand yard mark, and I think a lot has to do with the offensive line. You saw an offensive line today with more continuity. You didn't see the shuffling of guys in and out. You know, Kobe Asamoah went in the second half for a little bit. You know, had some, but but you're not seeing those constant rotations where it was kind of like, hey, let's let's in years past, let's throw something to the wall and see what sticks. Um, you're seeing that front five, you know, kind of solidified with Holland Pierce and Reggie Sutton at tackles, um, a, you know, Dunlap and Felter at the at the guards and Gus Linkus at the center position. You're seeing uh, they played well. They, you know, did their share of the damage at the line of scrimmage. I mean, Kyle Manungai, just a, a, you know, a tough runner. And even Sam Brown pushed the pile a little bit when he had it. Gavin Wimsett as well. But, you know, you have to credit this offensive line. They've come a long way. We've always said that, you know, a lot of the Rutgers season could hinge on the play of the offensive line. Now it seems like it's more or less hinging on the play of the passing game. Yeah, and that was another thing, too, is the offensive line just looked, and you touched on it, Bobby, there, but the offensive line just looked a lot more, you know, beyond just holding holding their own. They had some really good plays, I thought, especially in the run blocking, uh, mm-hmm. just creating space for Kyle Manungai, and I thought that was another key uh, factor and a, and a key sign of improvement again. Again, you know, no one likes to hear the phrase moral victories, um, but, you know, I do think that there were, you know, pieces that you could take away from this game and say Rutgers has really improved this year and that's been the case through you know what was a 6-2 start Scarlet Knights now 6-3 and three with three games to go in the regular season um, but Rutgers I would argue played well enough to beat most teams in the country um, but not quite enough to beat Ohio State.
right? And and you can't make those errors. And, and you know, bottom line, Chris, you know, the passing game has to be better. You know, the receivers, the quarterback, it has to be better. All right, Kristen Dremel, I will say, did, did a good job on the day. But he needs more help. It just can't be one receiver. You know, Quay Jackson had a few catches. You know, you look at the tight end position, Johnny Lang in one catch. Um, you know, Isaiah Washington at the receiver plays pretty much the whole game, one catch for six yards. I mean, they, they, they have to do a little bit more given uh, – Gavin Wimps has some chances to, to get him the ball in, in space, and, and Wimps just, you know, some, some of the throws he misses, you scratch your head and say, what's going on? But then he'll come back and make a beautiful throw. So it, it, I know it has to be frustrating for the coaches, probably frustrating for him, frustrating for fans, but despite all that, you're hanging with the number one team in the country well into the fourth quarter. It's something that hasn't happened in the last decade. And now looking forward a little bit now, we've got three games left in the regular season. Scarlet Knights back on the road to take on Iowa. Also have Penn State, who's going to be another very tough matchup, that one on the road as well. And then closing the season, the regular season rather, right here at SHI Stadium against Maryland. Um, I was saying it to you in the press box, Bobby, during the game, but there's still, I think, a decent chance Rutgers could, if things go the right way, take two of three uh, heading into bowl season. Uh, The potential is still there to really add to what's been a really good start to the season and really cement that progress heading into the postseason. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think they they are capable of beating Iowa. Will they? I don't know. But if they play a good, clean game and and get some things done offensively, uh, I think they go out there and beat them. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. But um, they can beat them. They can beat Maryland. And, hey, look, Penn State isn't a daunting team. You know what I mean? They, They... would they beat Indiana by nine points last week? Uh, Rutgers rolled Indiana. I know that doesn't always indicate who's going to win in the future, but this isn't the same Penn State that just, you know, just bombarded Rutgers in past years. And the same thing goes with Ohio State. I mean, they aren't, you know, this game was, uh, let's get through it without injuries, you know, and, 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 and try to save face. Now it's, wow, you know, you're on upset alert. And I think it also let a lot of the country know that, hey, this Rutgers team is on the come up. I mean, this this team is for real. I mean, they're up at halftime, 9-7. Now, some things didn't go Ohio State's way in the first half, but, you know, when, when things don't go a team's way, it has a product of what the other team does as well. So you have to consider that. So the Rutgers defense was really good in that first half and, you know, compensated for a lack of offense at times as well. So um, I, I think everything's on the rise. I mean, everything Greg Schiano kind of said about this rebuild when he took over in December of 2019 is starting to come to fruition. I think a lot of people wanted to happen wanted it to happen sooner. But, you know, you're bowl eligible, you have six wins, and you just played a really good game and, 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 and shook the the number one team in the country for a little while. So um, things are looking up, and uh, I'm, I'm saying they're going to beat Iowa next week, Chris. All right, and that's where uh, things stand for the Scarlet Knights. Six and three on the season after a 35-16 loss in number one Ohio State here at SHI Stadium. Scarlet Knights now heading on the road to take on Iowa next weekend. We'll have full game week coverage leading up to that as well as the start of basketball season, which is going to be Monday night in Trenton. Scarlet Knights taking on Princeton, um, renewing a old rivalry that hasn't been played in a while. So that'll be an interesting one as well. So interested just to see uh, how basketball uh, looks in actual official game action. Uh, so plenty coming up in the Rutgers sports world. And of course, the recruiting world never stops. Uh, so uh, be sure to stick with ScarletNation.com uh, and uh, you know interact with me, Bobby, Brian Doan, everybody on the uh, message boards. Uh, we've got plenty of good content coming up, so you're going to want to stick with us. But that does it here for Bobby Darren. This is Chris Akonis saying thanks for listening to the Scarlet Nation podcast. Uh, we'll check in with you again next time.